This is Anthems. Hello, my name is Alan Carrage and I'm a writer from London. My first book, Queer London, was published earlier this year, and it's a guide to the city's LGBTQ plus past and present. Your word of the day is euphoria. Being queer is often euphoric. I don't mean all the time. Well, I'm sure there are some people who get a rush just by waking up in the morning knowing they're LGBTQ+. I think being blanketed in a state of ecstasy every day would be exhausting. Inevitably, the high would begin to dull, any sharp vitality losing its clarified edges until it becomes leaden and dim. Rather, being queer, in my experience at least, has provided opportunities to experience euphoria at times I'm not sure non-LGBTQ people will ever truly understand. The first example that comes to mind was when I came out. We all know that coming out is a lifelong process, but the first time you do it, it's not to another person, but to yourself. I was 13 and had always known, really, that I was gay. But it took watching an episode of the Channel 4 teen soap, As If, for me to fully accept it. I remember the visceral white heat of realisation as I saw my own confusion, desires and repression mirrored back to me on TV. At first it was disarming, the recognition triggering a stupefying current of fear. But as my body adjusted to my new sense of clarity, I recall a wave of relief that I can only describe as euphoric. It was happiness, although not the kind of happiness one might associate with contentment or even joy. Instead, it was a caustic kind of happiness, one that dissolved the barriers that I'd built up and reset the expectations that I had been conditioned to assume would one day be mine. I rode that high for days, until it was punctured by the inevitable prick of homophobia. A year later, I would go to my first gay club, the Ghetto in London, Soho. It's a night that, 15 years later, I still remember in all its glory, despite the harsh shots of cheap vodka my friend and I ordered at the bar. I felt like I was living my queerest folk fantasy, my relative isolation as the only queer person I knew crumbling away as I kissed boys much older than I and danced to what I believe was metal music. Upon return visits to the Ghetto, I would realise that the club had been virtually empty on that first night, just a handful of queers all seeking release or companionship on a weekday night. But at the same time that night sparkles, my memories are so iridescent and lustrous that they feel false, as if I'm recalling a scene from a movie and not something that I actually lived. I can remember the buoyancy I felt, as if I were a passenger in a theme park ride being directed from one thrill to the next. I felt that way many times over the years, at many different queer venues. I'm sure some of that is the result of intoxication, but I do think that LGBTQ venues hold a certain kind of magic that their mainstream counterparts lack. Perhaps it's because a gay bar or club isn't just a place for individuals to get pissed or cop off with someone, but rather they can provide spaces for solidarity, strength, safety and unbridled self-expression. That's not to say that every queer space is some kind of utopia, but when you find one that does exude such powers, it can be transcendent. I don't drink alcohol now, but I have experienced that same overwhelming sense of rightness when I've been in a queer space while sober. I mean, there are different schools of thought about the veracity of a functioning LGBTQ plus community. How can people with so many disparate beliefs, needs and qualities be condensed into a homogenized group? LGBTQ plus people may be marginalised, but they are not immune to the conditioning of white supremacy, nor the corrosive and malignant forces of racism, sexism, ableism, transphobia, and even homophobia. 
Still, I hold on to this notion of a queer community, no matter how implausible it might be. Perhaps that's because I have seen and been part of what I believe to be demonstrations of a certain kind of community spirit. I think of the random stoop party my friend Tom and I went to in San Francisco in 2018, the day before Pride. While we knew no one, we were welcomed by a group of LGBTQ plus people to celebrate with them, as was almost every person who happened to stroll past. Regardless of how tenuous the thread may have been, what bound us was our queerness. That day, I felt euphoria in the purest meaning of the word, as well as an unequivocal sense of belonging. I think, too, of the vigil held outside of the Admiral Duncan in London following the shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando in 2016. Although euphoric is the wrong word to describe the sombre purpose and solidarity that was in the air that day. But there is euphoria in feeling a part of something that is bigger than just yourself. It's how I imagine football fans feel, all cramped together in a stadium when their favourite team scores a goal or wins a match. That's how I feel when I'm surrounded and supported by LGBTQ plus people, be it at a protest or a party, or when a protest turns into a party. Pride in London might be a mess at the moment, but dancing through the streets of Soho as LGBTQ people around you live their best unabashed lives is euphoric to me. Being with my queer friends in queer spaces easily sends me into a state of euphoria, especially when there's pop music to dance to and boys to dance with. I can't wait until I'm next in a gay bar. Hopefully they'll play Loreen's Eurovision hit Euphoria. Euphoria. Noun. A feeling or state of intense excitement and happiness.